Hi, welcome to Spark of Joy, a podcast for curious minds and soul searchers. Today, in our second episode, our first conversational episode, I am talking to Claire Armstrong Gautier. Claire is a designer and creates beautiful spaces within people's homes. We're going to be talking today about creating a space that can fill you with joy for your personal passions and pleasures. I hope that you enjoy it. Yay! There we go. Amazing. Hello to you, beautiful Claire. How are you doing today? Hello. I'm good, thanks, darling. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm very, very happy to be talking to you. So, Um, Some of you listening will know exactly who Claire is, and some of you listening will be wondering exactly who she is. And Claire is an incredibly good friend of mine. We go a good few years back now, right, Bear? Yeah, just a few. (laughs) Um, Claire and I actually met when we were working at a pub in a small Hampshire village, and... um, it was the most rowdy pub in the village, obviously. <laughs> and we were both just sort of, that was a very wafty time in our lives, wasn't it? We were both wafting a bit. Just getting into our real stuff. Yeah, kind of, yeah, just right on the cusp of before mm. we found the professions that we are in and love at the moment. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Some solid middle ground happening. Life experience. <laughs> solid middle grounding I love it yeah we met and we just like clicked I mean I remember my first shift at the brew and um and you'd brought in brioche and strawberries for breakfast (laughs) she was like but first breakfast (laughs) gotta start the day right come on you you are my kind of (laughs) gal brioche and strawberries before we start our working day at a pub that smells like old men and beer. Oh yeah, yeah. The the chip fat smell was really mm. clung to the clothes, didn't it? <laughs> oh. Cut through it with brioche and strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, that led you to where you are today, and you are. And I'm 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 just going to get it wrong. You are an interior designer, but your <laughs> training was in interior architectural design wonderful it sounds so much more impressive than just interior design because you are more impressive than just interior design I have to say (laughs) and you've been working in this profession now for what about five years yeah just like four just over four years maybe now nice yeah it's been a lovely little journey and it's been wonderful to be your friend on that journey. Um, oh, right back at you. <laughs> feeling the love. Um, <laughs> so, Spark of Joy, every episode properly starts with a gratitude practice. So, Claire, I would love to ask you today, what are perhaps three or maybe even five things that you are grateful for? 
I've got a solid three. And my first one, I woke up feeling really grateful for my body and my health this morning. It's something that I regularly remind myself of, like Mm -hmm. just having a great body that functions well for me. And, you know, it does everything it it should do that magically, you know, happens and it's wonderful. Um, And then my second one is my neighbor's cat. Mm. He uh, ventures in daily and he's been rolling around under my desk for most of the afternoon and just gives me that all of the last because he's just too cute and he knows it so that's my second one and then my third one was being able to fully feel creative in my work day today oh yeah three solid ones over five any day <laughs> any day that's incredible I for me I think I've got a solid three mm. um I've spent most of the day with my 97 year old nan um, who is who is unwell, but um, still has great memories of her childhood. Like they're the strongest memories she's got. So I've been kind of reminiscing and walking down memory lane with her today, talking about her ten siblings and you know growing up in the war and things, and just getting a little bit of insight into her childhood. And um, had a very picturesque drive to and from driving all the way through basically the South Downs and made me feel really grateful for being able to live in this part of the world, Um, especially everything coming out in bloom and it, oh, the nature just looks so juicy at the moment. It's the only word I have for it. You just look over at rolling fields and you're like, oh, I I can almost drink it. It's so juicy. Um, And then the third one is being able to talk to you and yeah, having great friends like you. oh so I also wanted to ask you like what I don't think I asked you at the time like when we were first like getting to know each other as friends I remember you saying that you were going to go to uni you were going to go and study and that you know in interior design interior and architectural design did I get that right yes okay good I was (laughs) trying to get that wrong (laughs) And that, that was going to be your thing. I don't even ever think I really asked you, like, what was the, what was the driving force behind that? What was, what, what led you there? Well, there's like, there's a long run up to it, but there was a slight disconnect when I was a teenager from it. But I, I was brought up in a design household. My dad is a landscape architect. So I spent um, my childhood being taken around fantastic parks and being told to stood in some like location while he pretended to take a picture of me, but actually took pictures of like details of drainage and stuff like that because we're really cool. Um, I'm sorry, did you far better than a drain? Can I just, if no one's told you that, can I just tell you that just just for a second? If you grew uh, up thinking that drains were more (laughs) interesting than you, they're not. We've got that out of the way. Please continue. you have a slight flash of realization she was like that's where things were starting going wrong (laughs) no it was it was always a apparent clever ploy that I think my dad just went over the top on um but um and he actually was still he he was quite young still when um 
my mum and him had me so he was still finishing uni because obviously um architecture was like super long um and it was back in the day as well before you had kind of all of the photoshop and snazzy bits so I actually as like a really tiny kid helped my dad color in like green circles for his massive you know AO plans out in the living room and so that's that's probably where my fascination of planning has come from space planning and layouts because that's that's what I was brought up on he was my kind of primary carer as well when I was when I was really little so that's where my love has come from and he is also just a super advocate for like love of design everything is made better with design just and, and it, it spills out of passion with him and and I love that about him and he's actually just gotten a new job that's really ignited that and it's made me really excited to see that um, and remind me where my passion has come from um, so yeah so that that was me as a child and like I used to have books and books and books of um, gridded paper where I draw out floor plans of our house in different imagined kind of scenarios new houses I wasn't really one of those kids who most most kind of interior designers say oh I used to move my bedroom around a lot and get new cushions and stuff I just sat there and drew stuff all of the time floor plans was my jam Um, and then if I I'm exactly the same if I know someone who is house hunting I'm like send me them floor plans I need to see those floor plans plans. it just they just make sense in my head If, Mm. if I'm house hunting and a house doesn't have a floor plan I'm like, I, I'm dubious about it. If I'm going to be honest, I don't know if I want to go and look at it. Are you even real? Yeah. It's... You exist. <laughs> I don't believe in you. <laughs> no, it's, I don't know. There's just something really endlessly fascinating and satisfying about them. I don't know. I'm no, glad that you share that. I, I, I completely like agree. I'm sure there's people out there going, well, it's like lines, <laughs> like a piece of paper. It, it, to me, it brings it to life. I can, mm. I can if I've not been to that space and I can see it in floor plan form, I, it, it, it makes it so much more tangible. That's so interesting. Cause I think a lot of my clients come to me because they can't visualize it, but that might be your kind of like a part of your connection with your creativity as well, that you can visualize it. And you are a very visual person because that's, I think where people get stuck is that it feels so disconnected from the space until they can see photos and actually be in it but yeah floor plans to me I can I can live in a floor plan and that's yeah I love that Mm, absolutely so your 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 beginnings of that were drawing variations of spaces that you were already living in yeah absolutely and then yeah I um started doing art and textiles more at school um, and thought I'd kind of you know I had really great teachers and was inspired to go down more of like an art route um, so I ended up doing a BTEC at college rather than going down the traditional A-levels route now I know that they're like super popular now but to be honest I had to do quite a lot of fighting to convince my dad who although he's a super creative person he's quite traditional as well mm-hmm. um, and wasn't really sure if he believed in them or not so I really had to fight my case and I feel like there was, we were almost like our, our generation, very on the cusp of mm. kind of A-level versus vocational. Like, because I, I, I did very vocational study. I, you know, I think at, even at university level, mm. I probably only wrote one essay a term, maybe two. Yeah, like definitely. The writing part 
what we had to prove was the bare minimum that we could like write. Um, I remember doing in my third year, like a quick lecture on the Harvard style of lecturing. And they were like, you know, you do have to do a dissertation, but I wouldn't worry too much about the formatting because, you know, 80 something percent of your degree is going to come from your assessments it's going to yeah, be it's just a hoop to jump through right it, it was very much something checklist yeah. that that we had to do with our kind of university overlords mm. and then our actual school itself were like no what we're interested in is your technique is your determination is your you know your personality your creativity all that sort of thing was way more a part of it so we were definitely on the cusp there with with going for a more creative way of learning than the perhaps more traditional. Absolutely. I'd say 80% of my friends at the time went for, you know, mm. traditional rather than, but I, I was just so determined that I hate exams. They make me so scared out of my pants. They are no use to me. Like the, you know, the information doesn't stick. It's just not my way of learning as a creative person at all. Um, so I was I was so adamant that that was the way for me. I was going to go into something creative no matter what. And it took me down quite like a um, an artsy sculptural kind of um, route. I had some really inspirational teachers, which is super fab. And, and I got to kind of you know do lots of really fun things and um and felt like properly inspired but I'm not equally like uh here's my art vulnerable kind of human I yeah as as you might have been able to tell like the practical side of me really does stick true so I um I, I did get a place at uni in Manchester to do um fine art but I was a bit like I'm just not sure yet so I took two gap years and um, the first one was to go traveling and just to kind of get a bit of breathing space. And that's where I had like a fascination with how people live again. And that really reignited that just seeing different cultures and being like, oh, my gosh, isn't it just wonderful seeing how different cultures kind of breed like a slightly different way of building a home to encompass a difference like like lifestyle and just um, for people who don't know where you went traveling mm-hmm. what countries particularly interested you in that aspect of their living so at that time I went around um New Zealand for five or six months um but yeah I've also done a lot of traveling through kind of like France and um, Asia as well um France being my mum's heritage um and even though it is a super similar um you know kind of culture to England there are there are really interesting subtle differences so that's always really fascinated me like the psychology behind it is is endlessly fascinating and cool um but yeah so I then came back and applied to do my interior architectural design um, degree and then working at the pub where I met you funded that for myself so (laughs) it was so amazing with with that that period of time because you you were I mean here we are like good how how many years probably like eight years later yeah um sit chatting over zoom and uh, just, just just casually as if as if we'd make a phone call back in the day but you were quite the technophobe and I will never forget the day you asked me how to put an attachment in an email <laughs> absolutely my proudest moment your face I was like oh no I said something out loud that I shouldn't have said <laughs> like I just 
I respected it so much. Like I, I was shocked. I was shocked that you'd got to like 19, 20 without being able to put an attachment in an email. <laughs> I'm nothing if not openly embarrassing. <laughs> but it's just, I just remember being like, hang on. And I was like, oh no, wait, actually, she does genuinely need my help. Come on, Lauren. Like, let's 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 help this woman. <laughs> But we I, got there. <laughs> the next week you were attaching multiple items into one email. Sending them off. <laughs> I remember bringing in like a visual that I'd done on something on like some mad techie software and you were like, you did not create this. And I was like, I did. <laughs> I did do it. And then I attached it in an email. <laughs> oh I love that so much. I absolutely love that. So let, let's, get, let's get into it. Let's dive straight in. Mm. One of the things I really want to talk to you about today, and um, I think is just such a, such a big thing for the moment. We've been in the UK specifically, we've gone through, I would say, two big lockdowns. Um, yeah. We kind of came out of one for a bit around Christmas but that was almost like a bit of a breath before we sort of went into this current one, which we are just about tentatively stepping our way out from. But um, basically our homes have become so much more than just places that we live and dwell. They have become working spaces. For a long time last year, they'd become schools, they'd become play areas. They're all also always, of course, places where we rest and cook and wash and, and, and have fun. So one of the things that I think is incredibly prominent in our lives as we come out of this time is how on earth do we enable ourselves to live in these spaces that have to become more multifunctional than ever before and firstly has that changed your job I mean my job as a whole was weirdly set up for it because I've been working in online design for the last three years so that hasn't changed so much and actually it's been really lovely because people have been getting used to doing zooms more than phone calls there's been more of that face-to-face people are really happy just to jump on a quick zoom and talk things through where it's that creates that extra level of connection which is really lovely and also like I mean at the like the biggest change is that it's just gotten so busy people have seen the need for it and it's been really useful having it um online so that's been that's been massive for for me which has been really really wonderful and I'm so grateful for that because I know that that is not the case for everyone at all but I've just been really really glad to help people feel comfortable in their homes at this time yeah and the things that people have been coming to you with you know mm. things how they want things to be changed or redesigned in any way like has that changed have people yeah. had a longer list of things for you to be able to do for them <laughs> there definitely has been weaving in that workspace needed for sure but I think people have also been mindful that this isn't necessarily long term um and trying to kind of 
still keep a little bit of, of space to their own and feeling like their home can still be a little bit special um, and not just kind of like a creation of lockdown. Um, and, and we've actually seen like a bit of a surge of people kind of reclaiming spaces in their home more recently, as well as some people have started to go back to the office and like the kids are back at school, all of those things. It's been really lovely to be like, I'm taking this living room and I'm taking it for myself. <laughs> From here to here, just me, no one else. Absolutely. Me and the dog or me and the cat. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's been it's been a funny one. But um, yeah, I think generally it's been more so about being able to help people create kind of healthy boundaries and understanding routines that they need to be making in this time. So whether it's, you know, like myself, I live in a um, two bedroom flat with my other half and, you know, he works in the spare bedroom that we're really lucky to have. And I work from our kitchen table. Um, but I've got a little box by the side of me, which is really nice and neat. And I just put everything away at the end of the weekend. I know people who do it at the end of every evening, just so that they regain that kind of space. Um, and yeah, just making sure that you know what, what the other person's up to if you live with somebody else so that you can be like, I'm doing this at this time and I need this bit of space and having that level of respect, isn't it, I think? Absolutely. I mean, because because I know you work from your dining room table where you sit and eat your evening meal. So if you <laughs> didn't have that box <laughs> to put everything into neatly and leave it where you left it. So the next day, of course, you can pick up where you left off. If you didn't have that, you wouldn't, you know, you'd be eating your food on your lap, which, you know, it's fine sometimes. But, you know, when you want to sit down and eat a really nourishing meal, you need just that bit of a bit of sort of gap time don't you absolutely yeah especially because my living space is open plan so mm. if I do have to leave my work out for an evening say if I've been like been a bit naughty and like working quite late <laughs> um, don't give me those eyes <laughs> then it does really feel like it takes over the space because if yeah. I'm in my kitchen I can see my workspace if I'm sat down mm -hmm. on the sofa trying to relax like out of the corner I can still see my workspace so it's those things that are really important to kind of reclaim a little bit 100% I completely agree I was for a long time I still kind of am I bought myself a desk last year which is a lovely little neat like ladder desk so it climbs up the wall have books on there I decorate it's literally my decorating style I'm like I can put a bookshelf there I won't paint the wall I'll decorate it with books books and plants <laughs> um, yes please books and plants <laughs> exactly yes books and plants that's my decorating style um but I did buy myself a desk, but until I bought that desk, I was sort of sat on the floor working from my coffee table. Mm. And again, you know, you kind of sit in an evening and, you know, you're watching telly or reading a book or something and you get to put your feet up on the coffee table and you're like, oh no, I can't, my laptop's there. Like, you know, that's where I've been working or I've got my books open to the relevant pages for what I'm creating with that uh, particular yoga class that week or whatever. And it, it just, it does, it's plants re reignites that seed mm. you planted earlier in the day. And then that's it. You're distracted. You're off and back in that work headspace, which Definitely. can really kill the mood. <laughs> you're trying to chill out. <laughs> oh yeah, just a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's definitely that that need for people to actually reclaim space rather than incorporate more of their life into one space. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that we've always promoted, to be honest, as a designer, I've always tried to encourage people to 
kind of use these flexible spaces in their home rather than it being like this is your workspace it's maybe having like a corner in your kitchen dining room where you have some shelves that start at a desk height and then give enough space for you know headroom and then some books and whatnot above but so that you can actually pull up one of your like kitchen chairs of a day if you're working from home you know sit there with your laptop but then come the weekend it can be a breakfast bar it could be a cocktail bar it can Mm -hmm. you know when you get older and the kids are kind of sending you a million pictures of the grandkids it can be a space for decoration so it's those kind of little bits that I think are really important in like the flexibility of your home so it's not just ever meant for one thing it can do a, a bunch of things really well for, for a long time as well mm, definitely yeah. longevity is key longevity indeed oh my goodness um <laughs> so so yeah what what people have been have been asking for is is that is that multifunctionality I definitely feel that within myself mm. um where you know whenever I look I look at home I've you know this is the home I'm in now is is my second home that I've lived in with my partner and it's always been kind of this um we like a layout because (laughs) the house we had before this you could see the kitchen sink from the sofa so if I ever wanted to leave the washing up until the morning I physically couldn't because I was just staring at it Whereas in this house, we picked this house literally because it's split in half, living space on one side, kitchen diner on the other side. It can fill up all night long and I don't have to look at it. (laughs) And you literally have to turn the corner to see the sink, right, as well. You can't just... (laughs) No, you can't just glance over and see it. It doesn't happen very often, but when I have, you know, when I'm like, no, I am going to leave it. I'm going to chill out. I absolutely can. So... Yeah, I definitely really, really enjoy that. Um, So you've spoken a little bit about the process of what you would go through in terms of designing a space, but what would be your initial steps? Obviously, everyone's different. Everyone's homes are different. Everyone's needs are different. But your initial steps when looking to design a space for someone, what would they be? The first thing for me is always getting as much information out of my client as possible. (laughs) So, you know, it's about collaboration. I can't design you something that works fantastically for you specifically if I don't know what your needs are. And often people kind of say, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, that's fine. I don't know is an absolutely great like answer. I'm going to explore and show you how those possibilities might change. And absolutely every single time that I show people inspiration images and layouts, they go, oh, definitely this or a bit of a mix in this. Once you show people the options available, they they totally gravitate towards it and they can see it and they can feel it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's got to be that collaboration and that sharing of information. You know, we hop on a call and it's mainly just to see kind of, what what's your social life like what are your hobbies and you know things like that really about the person what do you kind of like the idea for your future all of those bits so that you can make sure that even if they've not thought of what those needs might be further down you can say oh what about this little trick under you know staircase or something and that could be great for then and they're always like oh amazing of course I hadn't thought about that and that's that's kind of where it all comes together perfectly love that so you've gathered you've gathered your info Mm -hmm. then where do you look where do you go 
So I, the key thing for me as well is just, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, kind of problem solving and the space planning is that for me. So being able to love show them the layout. <laughs> I love a floor plan. I absolutely love a floor plan. I can't help it. Um, so once you can start to put it into reality and start fixing those little problems and seeing where there might need to be like a little bit of give and take and they could actually say, well, I wasn't really sure about having a built-in bench, but actually I see how much it facilitates like everything else that I want. Um, it's, it's that which which is really amazing and yeah along with that I show them inspirational images which either kind of encapsulates like a feeling or a colour scheme or um, trying to understand what the like storage solutions or layout might kind of look in reality to some like precedence um, and then once they've kind of commented on those and I as I said like every time they do actually come back going like oh yes definitely this or definitely this and absolutely not that that is not my cup of tea Claire and you're like great I've got something to run with now and then I run off and kind of pull it all together and then once once you start creating the visuals and things like that you can really start to see how it how it fits together selecting all of the items then you send it off and you go this is your new home (laughs) would you do that sort of thing in like a vision boardy style way like pulling bits and pieces from the inspirational images that you've sent them and they've gone yeah please absolutely can you tie stuff like that in with textures and color schemes and basically put it all in like a vision board style format yeah absolutely so what we tend to do is because we're trying to access people who are after more affordable interior design because we want that to be open for everybody we don't tend to go to full 3d renderings because that can be super pricey so what we do is more of like a 2d montage of a couple of views of your room and so that's kind of showing whether it's like your sofa with the art above some plants on the side so it's it's creating like this montage that they can start to see it all together see how those textures might start to relate to each other all of those kinds of bits and then we've got some for for the company that I work for we've got this magic tech that kind of pulls all of the bits together in the back end so that you can see it all together much more neatly than you would have the old kind of ffne kind of schedules so that's really wonderful Mm -hmm. for them as well and it's those kinds of things that when you look at something like that, you immediately know if that is something that you're going to be drawn to. And you're like, yes, I absolutely want to live in that space because the colours are so pleasing. They make me feel really welcome or really calm or really like creative because, you know, so I know so many people that have craft rooms in their mm. home and being surrounded by the things that inspire you are just going to keep that inspiration coming time and time again. And um, yeah, if I was given something that was, you know, exactly what I wanted it to be. I mean, I'm sat in my bedroom at the moment and I'm thinking, I just cannot wait to redecorate this room. (laughs) I just want some, I just want someone to give me like this sheet of paper to be like, this is what it's going to look like because that will make me do it more. (laughs) and that's the that's the thing that I love from my clients is that excitement of like oh, I'm gonna do this now and it, yeah it's totally that thing is that you know if people are scared to put like a darker color on the wall or a bright color or a, go for a brighter sofa that they used to or something like that just seeing it put together that's what gives you the confidence to then be able to go I'm investing in the right things and actually uh, yeah I'm not, I'm not crazy <laughs> 
it will work. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Yeah, amazing. One thing I'm toying with at the moment, actually, a very personal thing, I want like a really deep rainforest green mm. in my bedroom. I've seen people starting to incorporate strips of the wall paint going up and across the ceiling. And that's something I've seen really recently. And I'm like, that's crazy, but I love it. I I'm so here for the, we call it the fifth wall. Oh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Nice, nice. And like the whole ceiling or just like a mm. bit of it? Either like a strip at the top or if you're like, so for example, you can do it if it's in your bedroom, if you mm -hmm. wanted it to kind of mirror like a headboard and then wrap it up over the ceiling kind mm -hmm. of with that as well, or go for the whole ceiling and maybe bring it down like a couple of inches across the top as well so that you really get to kind of feel like it's sinking in. And the thing with that is that you can go super bright and it's really fun because you can actually keep the wall really like neutral and then you've got the color coming up there which is fab or you can actually go really dark and people get scared that going dark is going to make your room feel dark but the magic thing about going dark is that it actually lifts it because it's like if you're you're looking down a dark tunnel you don't know where it ends so it feels like it's forever away and then you walk into a wall but you know <laughs> Maybe that's just me because I'm mega clumsy, but it gives that illusion that we can play with. So like with, with the tunnel thing as well, like if you are looking down the tunnel, you're more drawn to the light at the end than the walls at the side. So actually, if you put a dark colour on a wall or the fifth wall, then the ceiling light is then going to become more of a statement and is going to become something that can really reflect that that brightness at the end of the tunnel I could imagine that actually feeling quite cozy mm, absolutely I think that's exactly the like you just feel like a little hug from your room yeah oh yeah okay right well I want to create that we're gonna to have to talk about how we're gonna do that for me specifically Sold. <laughs> <That's old. laughs> um so so yeah go, going through going through the process um what else are I going to ask you in the process space? Oh, when, when creating like a multifunctional space, given, given that that is, you know, ultimately what we are going to be doing more of. I mean, you know, you can, you can look at homes. I've, I've just been in, in my nan's house, for example, for the last two days. And, and it's very simple. Everything's mm -hmm. so simple. Everything very much has a purpose there's a kitchen diner and a living space and then a little conservatory on the back which had a shed which was my granddad's when he was alive um, and then upstairs bedrooms and bathrooms hmm. but nowadays if you you know you can watch you know programs like your home made perfect or even just like escape to the country when people are just looking for homes they're always looking for so much more than a home and we're not all, I mean, I know your company is fantastic at offering things at an affordable price for people who want that, that real feeling of, of luxury, like someone has purposely designed this, you've worked with a designer to make it yours. But, but homes are just so much more than that. And the list of requirements that people have nowadays for a home are a lot higher than they were perhaps 50, 70 mm. years ago. They're massively different. So 
when looking at creating a kind of multifunctional space, you know, you can't afford, you know, a seven bedroom house with three reception rooms, a gym in the garage <laughs> and, and a swimming pool room or whatever. Um, when looking at creating that multifunctional space, what are the things that you avoid doing? I don't tend to go for avoids because mm. I think like I was going to ask against <laughs> then go for <laughs> but you can just answer what do you tend to go for yeah I don't I'm not a fan of like rules I feel like it's quite uh like yeah you know we're not here about fads we're here about creating like homes that work for you you're such a French rebel throw the rule book <laughs> out but that's exactly I think to be honest the the first thing I say is like a really huge priority is looking at your storage needs and that's also thinking about what you might need kind of in the future as well Mm. Um, and I find that once you have managed to kind of work those bits in understanding quite how much you need whether it is like yeah a, a fitted dining bench with hidden storage underneath or whether it's like a big whack of open display shelves with loads of books and like crockery and things like that on just understanding (laughs) yeah understanding how much of that you need and getting that in place then helps everything else kind of follow in and and sit quite neatly around that um because that's the bit that makes it practical and it makes it work as your home the rest can kind of fit in really beautifully around that but that's that's my main thing for multifunctional as well and yeah it's being realistic with yourself about how much open display stuff you like is that practical for your lifestyle do you actually want to consider maybe investing a little bit in something a bit more expensive that you can hide you know just push all of the kids toys right under it's those bits and it's you know even bits of furniture like a rather than going for a coffee table go for a big, big ottoman which you can sit like a tray on in the middle which holds all of your glasses when people come over and your snacks and that but day to day you can kind of lift the lid and you can chuck all your bits in it you can have kids like and the chaos of pandora's box waiting exactly. inside just like oh, don't open that <laughs> exactly it. like it's just like a big bucket for everything that you don't have to think about whereas you know open storage you tend to maybe want it to feel a little bit more collection-y it also practically needs dusting at time to time so it's just being really honest with yourself about those things that you need even like Christmas decorations have you got somewhere to like shove those and mm-hmm. um, so it's those kinds of bits that I always think about first. And that's the first thing that I think about when I start creating people's layouts for sure. And then it's the bits that make it feel cozy. So like zoning, when you've got multifunctional spaces, you want it to flow, but you also want each space to kind of feel identifiable in itself. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, to have that slight hug feeling. So whether it's using like a big rug, that kind of sits under the sofa so that it just feels already slightly removed from the dining table or your kind of desk area Um, and then it's even things as well like using lamps I think they're fantastic it creates that lovely ambience and especially you know the things that you were saying about being able to not see your washing up if you turn all of the spotlights or overhead lighting that you've got in a room and you've just got a couple of lights either side of you whilst you're watching tv you're less likely to see the washing up and that's great and we're all here for that that. 
I also have a real, I don't know if this is because my mum hates them as well, but I hate overhead lights. Mm. I've never been a huge fan of an overhead light. I'd much rather have like 10 lamps than, than one massive overhead light. I don't know, it makes, it makes my brow heavy. <laughs> I think if I'm, if I'm sat in a space and I don't have natural light, I mean, I'm very mm. lucky to have a dual aspect living space and kitchen dining space because both rooms go from the front to the back. Um, if I've not got that, it's, it's a lamp all the way instead of, mm. a, of an overhead light. Again, it, it does feel like a bit of a hug, like your space is comforting you. I love that use of the word comfort in a space. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there is definitely a place for like spotlights and overhead lighting but Mm -hmm. you know that's task lighting so you need it kind of in front of your kitchen cupboards and things like that but even going for like wall lights which give you know a slightly more directional kind of glow and they can also just look slightly more sculptural in themselves as well which just Mm -hmm. feels wonderful you know that's that's a really lovely way to add it and things like wall lights are great for even your living room, if you don't have much space either side of your sofa for tables with like table lamps on, or you've got kids that knock everything over, just raise it up a little bit. It's not or, as high as overhead lighting, but it's warm. Or like, are you super clumsy? <laughs> I was going to blame it on your dog. <laughs> no, I'm super clumsy. Twigs is great. Twigs is, is good with it. She's very spatially aware. I am not. <laughs> You're such a good human. <laughs> I can't I can't even blame farts on the dog I can't I can't do it I'm like sorry that was me <laughs> she's just the most polite dog I just how no, even in her eyes she's like please and thank you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny there's a funny story in there because we tried to train her with like when she's got a ball or something in her mouth with like leave or drop or you know the conventional ones it yeah. wasn't until we said thank you that she started dropping the ball and we were like oh you just wanted some manners so now whenever we want anything like want her to give us something <laughs> she's hold of, we're like thank you thank you and she's like oh okay yeah okay we'll drop it she's <laughs> too amazing she's mm. outside the door right now and she's probably thinking I've not got anything what do you want me to give you anyway <laughs> We could talk about twigs all day. That's that's probably a whole other podcast episode by itself. Happily listen to that podcast. (laughs) We'll do that now next. I'll have twigs as a guest. (laughs) Um, One other really big thing that I wanted to ask you specifically about your work is aside from like, because obviously there's trends, they come and go. Same with fashion, same with, you know, most things that are in a design and creative, you know, field. Aside from trends of the moment, what would you say would always be a really good investment for a space that you want to feel at home in? I go straight to practicality. I'm going to sound like an old record now. It's all about practicality with me. No, but I would absolutely go for investing in a good sofa and a mattress. They are the spaces that you spend like most of your time. They are the spaces that you invite, you know, I mean your sofa mostly yeah invite your loved ones to share with you <laughs> i'm gonna go down a different road there um, <laughs> podcast is taking a turn guys that <laughs> <laughs> was gonna happen at some point wasn't it <laughs> but yeah i think i think sofas can be expensive but they are the one thing that i would always say is worth investing in um and then following that I'm I'm just I'm always here with a budget for plants 
um you know I'm a big plant lover and they just transform a space wonderfully they purify your air you know it's it's really great and a, an amazing tip for everyone who's like I'm a notorious plant killer though Claire come off it go for a bigger plant bigger plants are so much more sturdy they're older they're wiser they don't need so much looking after and tendering you know I think we often kind of go, oh, I'm going to go for a starter plant and that's going to be a small one. But they're so much more needy and high maintenance. Whereas if you go for a larger plant, like, you know, especially like a monsteria or like a palm or something like that, they're really, really hardy and they bounce back. You, you know, you can notice the minute if you're overwatering them or underwatering them, they will show you. Things like peace lilies as well. They're brilliant unless you have a cat um they are not cat friendly I'm afraid but it's it's larger plants like that that are so hardy and you can bring those into your spaces perfectly as well and they make such a statement and mm. you get so many with so many different colors you can put them into your color scheme and yes. everything I mean you know I'm a huge plant lover I'm sat in my room right now and I've got four literally surrounding me I think I've got 24 25 throughout my entire house um my tip I started with herbs so yes they're small but you use them so you trim them back regularly you water them because especially things like coriander and parsley basil they're really thirsty plants like you need to water them all the time so in a day you'll notice if it's flopped or droopy so you can go oh quick like give it give it a little bit of love give it a little bit of water spin it round maybe turn it 180 degrees and then the next day it's like (laughs) <laughs> ready to go into your pasta um do me. <laughs> <laughs> so I always say yeah start with like herbs in your kitchen mm. and use them cut them back and water them and just, and just check on them and the other tip I remember hearing when I was first you know starting my foray into being a houseplant mum was <laughs> take pictures of them because if you look back at like a a picture even from a few weeks ago your plant can look really different obviously they're moving breathing things so they can change even in a day Um, so if you take a picture of it and something that you're looking to grow then that can end up being this you know this sort of kind of like hurdle point that you're constantly checking back on with the plants. Really cool. I like that. Yeah. That's a great. I've never heard that one before. I love that. I'm oh. absolutely going to steal that. Yeah, please do. Please mm. do. I can't remember who told me that for the first time, but I remember going, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, I actually did a little bit of a photo shoot at my parents' house a couple of years ago, and they had this gorgeous plant that they'd got for like 10 pounds, and they haven't got the plant anymore because they killed it. And I'm like, look <laughs> how nice that plant was when you first got it. You should have just kept looking at that picture. <laughs> That's too funny. To you and be like, look after this like your child. Um, okay, so plants go big, mm. go herby, and take pictures regularly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then the other thing that I love to invest in, and it doesn't even need to be pricey at all, is artwork and even like finishing touches, like whether it's vases that you love that you find at like a little antique shop or online or whatever. But it's those things that do finish off your room and you you kind of layer them with each other and you create little moments in your house where you look at it and you're like, oh, I've got a cute house. And it just lifts your day. Like, you know, when I walk past like some of my favorite pieces of art in my house, I'm like, oh, that's so good. It's, it's that that kind of 
finishes your house with that bit of love that you keep kind of looking around and seeing those gorgeous little vignettes where you're like, mm, I'm going to put like a plant next to you next week because you're so gorgeous. <laughs> I love that. It's like repeat appreciation. Mm, yes. That appreciation, it comes back to the gratitude as well, doesn't it? You know, and if you, if you buy something from a cool charity shop or antique store, or even you get it as a hand-me-down, that's got a memory that's tied to it. And those memories can just swirl around within you and yeah, be, become a part of that living, breathing space that you then dwell in. Absolutely. I mean, I'll always kind of select some pieces of artwork for my clients just so that they can see how it can all tie together. Mm. I do really encourage them just to say like, you know, don't feel like you need to finish your room immediately like your home is something that grows with you you know when we can start traveling again you know pick up like a cool piece of art in like Portugal or like just wherever stuff that then you also look at and you go oh I got that when I was such and such and that brings back that memory of me drinking a jug of sangria like it's those bits which are really lovely and that create like your home it's not just somebody else's house it's your house you have no idea how much I want to sit and drink a jug of sangria with you right now <laughs> I would absolutely it's a Friday night and it's like it's like mm. 10 past six I could really do with a jug of sangria I have gin in my glass oh very nice very yeah, nice. So I'll a rhubarb and orange gin recipe that I did. Oh, speaking of like alcohol things, I find <laughs> that they're pretty good decoration points too. Mm, absolutely. Like, like mermaid gin bottles. Aren't they stunning? They're so stunning. And like everyone's now, I like, I love the trend of people having like drinks caddies. Yes. Like like a lot of my friends that are now like purchasing and decorating their homes, they have even just this tiny little wall and they've got this little drinks caddy and they've got on there like a decanter and some yeah. of the really nice like <laughs> bottles of, of beautiful tasting and beautiful looking drinks. And even I always think as well, one of the most beautiful ones with the artwork is the um, non-alcoholic gin, the seed lip. Mm. love the artwork on them I'm like I, I want one just for the artwork like I love the little drawings they have on them like so even so yeah, you're not gonna drink any alcohol or sangria or anything you can still make a re really beautiful drinks area. <laughs> I really no I love it and it, it says something about your home as well even if it is intentional or not intentional like I was speaking to a customer about it yesterday she was saying you know we've always previously been those homeowners who are just like you have a friend walking you're like we've got a uh, water or like an old bottle of stout somewhere hanging around and it's like you know when you then you know she she was buying her new home but a lot of people you know it's that moment when you maybe get your your bigger home or you move out somewhere and you're kind of like I want to be that person that a friend can walk in at any point and I'm like I've got this 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 and this for you and you immediately feel so welcome yeah it's, it is proper little touches like that, isn't it? Mm. Like, come in. We, we're almost expecting you, but we weren't. But we're ready for you. Let's have a drink in the garden. Definitely. It's, it's nice, isn't it? It's so mm. nice. And you fit, yeah, you do. Whenever I, whenever I come to yours, I feel like that. Mainly, mainly with food rather than drink. <laughs> like, I've got some pastries in the oven, shall we? We shall. We shall. <laughs> I do always have something on my cake stand, whether it's brownies or just something like 
cookies or whatever there is always something on the cake stand just in case I mean even through lockdown we've just been eating it the two of us (laughs) but it's there (laughs) oh my goodness so there's a lot of things that you can do I mean sort of doing a little bit of research before this you know before this conversation um there's a lot of things you can do in sort of (laughs) I'm going to say more of the witchcraft realm to create a sacred space. So Mm. there's things you can do, like have particular lamps made out like out of Himalayan salt or something like a crystal, like selenite and actually have a salt lamp on in my room at the moment. And they create such a beautiful ambiance. I'm a huge fan of a, of a warm or Mm. even cool, but like a nice lamp. Soft. Soft. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Soft is the word, isn't it? Um, you can do smudging to like cleanse the space you can put plants in it to clean the air regularly and all that sort of thing but I mean I know yoga has become a huge part of your life mainly due to me (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) but like if you were going to create some kind of sacred space for for, whether it be yoga meditation your mum I know does qigong and tai chi you know very similar kind of way of thinking if you were going to design a space where would you start Oh, to be honest, if it was in somewhere that didn't rain quite so often, I'm here for the rain. Yeah, but it's quite so often. I would, I would just have like a small, like bit of courtyard that I could just roll my mat out in and like smell all of that fresh air. Mm. But if it had to be inside, there would be a lot of glazing and there would be a lot of plants, you know. And I think. I think to be honest, the sacredness of it is the light, it's the simplicity, the candles, the colour that makes you smile, but is calming. You know, I don't think your like sacred space needs to be kind of white all the time, but something that's, you know, even if it's like a little sagey green or something a little bit brighter, something that just does make you smile and it is uplifting and just feels sacred to, to you. I, yeah. I'd probably just have lots of great smells in there because mm. when I'm trying to kind of sit within myself in my yoga practice or my meditation, I do try and stop looking around at everything so much. So I think the smells are, are key for me. Um, but like that can come with beautiful, like cool stone bowls filled with essential oils. And mm. that's, you know, I'm, I'm here for layering all of those things. And even like, I love having photos of family and friends around. I mean, I yeah, I'm I'm not quite at like my nana's stage of having every surface layered with them, but <laughs> you know, I even have like a picture of my friend's dog next to me, and it's it, she was sent it to me, and it's a brilliant picture of Madden, and Do she's you want glorious. Do twigs? It's <laughs> uh, uh, a roundabout way of asking, but yes. <laughs> you know I'm collecting pictures of dogs (laughs) gosh I totally turned into that creepy lady (laughs) invites next door neighbors cats around and has a montage of friends dogs pictures oh yeah maybe not in my sacred space but yeah it's it's those (laughs) those memories and like maybe like a soft rug underneath oh that sounds that sounds I want to do yoga in that space um I would, you know what, I would, again, like, 
if if it wasn't such a if the rain wasn't such a thing <laughs> i mean i lived in devon for two years and my god <laughs> hampshire in comparison is basically like the costa del sol you know um but you know if if rain wasn't as prevalent then it would probably be some kind of um light curtain walled wooden structure mm. um which is reminiscent of where I did my teacher training. It was like this wooden shala. It's this, in, in yoga, it's called a yoga shala instead of a studio. Um, oh. and it literally just had these really light white cotton walls. So when the breeze came, it just wafted straight through the room. And it was, it was always at a time when you needed it. You'd be like sweating halfway through your practice. And then all of a sudden, the most refreshing breeze would come out of nowhere and just absolutely fill you with such a, a reig reignition of exactly what you needed to continue on. So yeah, if, if rain wasn't such a thing, mm -hmm. I think that's probably what I'd go for. But in a in an indoor space, yeah, plants all, all day long, um, probably some kind of like grippy rug, soft mm -hmm. grippy, um, maybe even go as far as something a bit hessian-y because I'm- oh, a bit duty. Yeah, but, oh yeah, but juicy, mm. that's it, nice. Um, I can't stand a slippery surface underneath me when I'm trying to do yoga. Oh, no. um, yeah, and I think I'd probably go colour in plants and, and things that I've collected from all, all over the place. And yeah, I think, I, again, it's, it's got to be sensory. You know, you were saying about smells and, and pictures. So there are things to look at, but not things that you necessarily need to look at and focus on, but things are just that are there in the background and things that you know are going to bring you joy with a quick glance when yeah. you're turning your head in triangle pose or whatever um smell is a huge thing i think i did it a few times with a, a class you know the monday class that you usually attend mm -hmm. I brought yes. in essential oils and said you know just put a dab at the top of your mat and we're going to incorporate it into into our class and make it a you know really highlight that sense because how often do we stop and go hang on <laughs> <laughs> absolutely smell that freshness <laughs> yeah I always have that is the only one thing that I have enjoyed about doing yoga from my living room mm. other than just being able to do it as a whole um is being able to burn incense and I always put on like a fresh thing I, ha I use like a natural oil perfume and I always put like a fresh spritz of that on before class and that's just delightful and it does suddenly just make you feel like mm, okay I'm ready yeah yeah so yeah it's yeah it's not even about like because obviously you're in that big open living space that you know everything you have is in one living space your living room your dining room your kitchen so it can it can even be small things like that that can just completely transform what it is you're doing at any given time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So to finish, to end our beautiful conversation, I could chat to you for hours and I, I know you feel the same. We've done it many a time. Um, if you could give one piece of advice for someone who is looking to create a space that is going to be just for them, whatever that may be, what would that piece of advice be? Can I give two? <laughs> Please do. I would always start by planning it. Even if you're kind of thinking about things that you won't be able to afford yet, but 
Mm. planning it gives you that structure to be able to not just kind of buy stuff that you're you kind of panic buying almost yeah, like winging it yeah exactly and that's not to say like that you know kind of designing your house and shopping for your house and building your your home can't be spontaneous and fun but definitely like an element of planning it stops the overwhelming stops the panic and kind of can can keep that excitement going a little bit longer um and then secondly like never care about what your friends think of it if you love it like it's fine there are so many different styles and none of them are wrong like if it's you know I I know some some of my friends who think that all of you know all of their friends have quite kind of you know gray miss hinch style homes and they feel a bit out on a limb because they've gone for like mad blues and stuff like that and i'm like no no that is popular that's just because gray is all you're seeing you're not like follow follow what you love because it's your home it doesn't matter what anybody else is is after the, the great thing about pinterest and instagram and stuff although there are high expectations for our homes now yeah. it's equally like way more accessible it only used to be kind of like Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen on like a Saturday kind of show and and that's like one star we're hitting really hard whereas now we've we've got the market and the range for for every style under the rainbow and you can totally embrace that I love that I mean <laughs> I definitely always felt a bit of pressure to be like, oh, I need to design my house in this particular way because that's yeah. kind of what, what it is at the time. Um, but when Ben and I moved into our house in Devon, it was a it was a 17th century, it was built in 1623, mid-terrace thatched cottage. So you can't really design that kind of house with like grey hues and glass tables and you know so it became very it was very thick very earthy very woody there was there was you know exposed beams and things like that so we kind of lent into that and then living there for two years we were like this is lovely I think as well it helped that we both grew up very much with our grandparents very present in our lives and they have houses like that like the layout of our house now is almost exactly the same as my nan's um, and we've been given so many things as hand-me-downs over the years, and we're like, we love this piece. Let's make this piece a feature. So walking into our house is probably like walking into a like a you know seventy-year-old woman's house. <laughs> it's not at all. It's not at all. But then you have like really gorgeous, more modern pieces, like your wall hanging in your kitchen, and it's layering those things that yeah. keep it keep it kind of modern. But you know, modern is like an abstract word. Yeah. not necessarily like you know it's always moving and changing anyway yeah. is it modern, you know you can say modern art but that could be anything from like the 20s and exactly. that's the art deco something now that's completely different <laughs> absolutely yeah it's um it's a good one to kind of remind yourself and I come under that pressure as well because I'm like oh my gosh I'm only renting my house there's only so much that I can do to it and like surely if I show pictures of it or people come around like they're going to judge me as an interior designer but at the end of the day like they're not living there it doesn't matter um you know and I think I think when I go into you know my friends homes and they ask me my opinion on their spaces like I love it for them I don't need to love it for me yeah. style and all of that is is completely you know a personal thing and I think the more that we can embrace just loving other people's styles for them the better 
There's a, a phrase in yoga, which I think perfectly sums that up. And it is sat nam, sat as in like I sat down and nam as in nom, but with an A. Um, <laughs> S-A-T-N-A-M. And it means be true. Mm. And it's that it's that feeling of yeah being true to yourself being true to who you are and not doing anything for anyone else's approval or you know any recognition or anything it is yeah it's just satnam be true oh I love that that's such a great way to put it yeah I love that there's so many concepts that I can draw and Um. bring into real life about from yoga that can go into a completely different subject I think that's really wonderful Absolutely. No, it's so good. (laughs) Thank you, Claire. Thank you so much for your insights. I am eternally grateful to have your wonderful knowledge, open curiosity and and yeah, friendship, love in my life, as well as your cooking, your pastries, (laughs) to be specific, are wonderful. Um, You're too kind. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being here. And yeah. We will. No, thank you. I'm totally flattered. Yes, <laughs> we will. <laughs> More pastry dates and talking about design. You can help me design my bedroom next. <laughs> oh, yes, to ceiling painting. Yes, <laughs> we will. We'll look into it. Can't wait. Into it. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I hope that you've also enjoyed listening to our conversation today, and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We are eternally grateful. Please share and support this podcast in any way that you can. And if you are interested in Claire's work, she works for a company called My Bespoke Room based in Bournemouth. They are on Instagram and is a complete treasure trove of inspiration of interior design. You can also support this podcast financially if you are able to via Patreon. The link is in the description. For five or ten pounds a month, you can access extra gifts and goodies and guides to do with yoga and meditation and bringing that little spark of joy into your life every single week. Thank you so much. Om Shanti.